and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, you dorks. This is Gunnar Hansen, Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you are listening to The Dorkening. Hi, I'm Brian Johnson, and although you probably accidentally stumbled across it and have no idea why you're watching it, you are in fact watching The Dorkening. Hello, this is Tom Kenny, voice actor, the voice of the Ice King on Adventure Time, and SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, Gary the Snail, too. Hey, guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening! Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. And Bikini Bottom. Hi, I'm Lou Ferrigno. You're watching The Dorkening. And you know what? You don't like me when I get angry, so don't get me angry. You better keep watching The Dorkening. Hey guys, this is Felissa Rose, and you're watching The Dorkening. Hey guys, it's Courtney Palm. We're shooting Death House, and you're watching The Dorkening. This is Anthony Michael Hall, and you're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. My friend's going to show you what entertainment's all about, baby. The Dorkening. <laughs> Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Welcome to episode 50 of Shark Bites. Uh, I am going to be joined very shortly by a whole slew of talented, creative people. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you all for joining me today. Um, This is going to be a a very full episode. We got some folks who do a lot of different things. Um, You know, we've got some filmmakers, we've got some writers, we've got some folks who do uh, memorabilia you know, folks who help raise money for cancer, uh, folks who specifically helped uh, my family out when, um, you know, when my dad got diagnosed. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, Stephen, thank you. Thank you for congratulating me on episode 50. And uh, I would like to bring in my first guest uh, who just joined me. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by filmmaker uh, Addison Binnick. Hi, Addison. How are you today? How are you, man? Good doing all right hold on i have a a specific thing for you okay there we go there we go the little uh little ticker going across the bottom there thank you man so addison you are a filmmaker you've been on the show a couple of times uh and i happen to have a pile of stuff next to me that you might recognize uh including my uh psycho banana toy there we go i have my Psycho Ape VHS. 
Oh wow, I didn't know that you nabbed one of those. Oh yeah. Oh no, I I got the VHS, I got the the Blu-ray, the DVD. I think I got like every every possible thing. And uh this one I haven't yet opened yet, but uh Magnum Opus the movie. Yeah. Uh which you just released. So it's been a while since you've been on and um you know, you've been doing other stuff other than, you know, uh your 9 to 5 jobs. So tell us a little bit about uh about the uh the inspiration behind selling the banana toys which i didn't realize there was a bloody variant i would have gotten well, that one too when i when i came out with those toys man um they were very limited you know what i mean like i only uh commissioned about you know 14 total and so within those 14 i had you know three bloody three plain three ultra bloody and so you know, it was kind of just like, have at it, you know, internet, go for it, see what, uh, you know, go for the ones that are available. And, you know, much to my surprise, uh, they sold pretty quickly. Um, so I did commission more. I do have more. There's a couple bloody ones left. Um, but I mean, uh, I made the film with uh, Greg DeLiso. And he and I were kind of joking around about toys for a while, you know, like any successful movie should have, you know, T-shirts, toys, basically like, a, a, you know, a riff on the whole merchandising thing, like Mel Brooks and Spaceballs, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, I came across this guy, uh, Josh, who he makes funny little toys like that based on popular movies. And so I contacted him and I pitched him the idea of these like little banana toys and he totally came through, you know? So it was more of an experiment and, you know, much to my surprise and delight, you know, people were really into the banana toys. So that was kind of the inspiration behind those. Yeah. I thought they were, they were pretty fun. I have an open mind because obviously being uh, a limited run, these mm -hmm. are, a hundred percent a collector's item and maybe yeah, if i, I get another one i wouldn't recommend opening it you know it's more yeah. of a something a fun thing that you just put on your shelf you know like a funko pop or something like that um because yeah i i have a couple left but i probably won't commission any more past that just because they are so niche that um you know it's it's more fun for like the hardcore fans the people who do you know, the people who collect, you know, the VHS, the DVD, the shirt, you know, here's like another fun little thing, but, you know, I really don't want a trunk full of 100 banana toys sitting around, you know, for the next couple of years. So it's basically just like, I'll order a dozen more, you know, and that's it. So that was just kind of, yeah, very limited, very just for, for the hardcore fans. Yeah, and I I appreciate that. I especially like the uh, bootleg as fuck toys. Like, yeah, that's that's, that's his um, company name. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's uh, very appropriate. I would say. Yeah, uh, we are uh, also joined as you were uh, chatting away. We had uh, James jump on. James is a director. Uh, hold on, I gotta ticker for James. There we go. James is uh, from the. It came from the five hundred eight productions. Uh, and again, I, I can't not have a pile of stuff next to me without one of the very limited one last kill and the box double feature VHS. Only 10 uh, in existence. 
Yep, and uh, I have ten percent of the uh, world supply. Yes, you do. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, so James, thank you for uh, hopping in. Uh, I know we're waiting on some more folks, but uh, James was actually very, very early uh, when I sent out links yesterday. James jumped on immediately, uh, so he was about twenty-five and a half hours early. I did oh, let wow. him uh, go because I figured that was going to be way too long for a podcast episode. So I was like, "All right, you know, we'll we'll reconvene tomorrow." Uh, I've just been so busy. <laughs> it was like, was it today? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you're in the middle of a lot of projects that you're working on, yes. trying to uh, get those uh, get those out. So tell us a little bit, James, about your new thing, uh, Red Umbrella. Oh, beneath the red umbrella. Um, yes. So I got. Um, long story short, as you know, PJ, we're in the middle of financial hell trying to get Abigail off the ground. Um, if it can even legally be called Abigail, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but so in the downtime, while I'm waiting for lawyers and tax accountants to explain get it all sorted out um i had an idea during the pandemic i got bored and i'm a writer so i have to write and in the pandemic i wrote something around 130 short stories and scripts and stuff and some of it's just really out there stuff like i would never ever be able to film it it was just crazy i mean you've read some of them pj you know they're wild uh, <laughs> i mean they could be filmed with a larger budget yeah, they could be filmed with a budget that's outside of, like, I wouldn't try to do it with one of my budgets because it would end up with, like, you know, a scaled puppet on a pencil. Like, duh, duh, duh. like it just it wouldn't work. Um, so I had this idea where if I curated the really, like, most extreme, darkest, craziest stories out of it and we turned it into an audio play as a podcast, and that might be pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going really well so far We're uh, I'm eyeing a full launch for the first episode in May, late May, maybe. And it's been really great. Uh, an amazing cast. I've gotten an amazing cast of actors together to, uh, participate in it while we're in escrow on the big project, which is of course the, the, the feature and yeah, it's just going to be a really good time. Um, it's definitely the darkest stuff I've ever come up with by a long shot. It's it's. It I'm not saying something. I I mean it, it, it. I'm yeah. It even beyond like one last kill in the box. Uh, I would say it's a lot darker than that. Even on top of it, and and it is saying something because we don't pull any punches around here. But that it's just like stuff I I don't think we could possibly get away with either filming it which in a way makes it worse when you're just hearing it out loud. I don't know. I've been practicing the narration of how I want it, how I want the, the episodes to flow. And it's going to be something special. It's going to be a little bit different because I want to do it more in vain of bringing the theatricality of what we usually do to an audiobook style thing. And what I mean by that is like sound effects, full soundtrack, full cast, like a serial 
an old school serial radio show, but told in a theatrical sense, not necessarily told as the serials used to be. And um, yeah, man, the test stuff we've done so far has been it's fucking scary. It's <clears throat> this is gonna be good. I have I have a lot of um I'm really 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 psyched for this. I'm I'm really excited, and we're also doing it. Um, yeah, it's and the thing that I like the most about it is like topical and like news podcasts are cool. Like you know you do I ran one for three years. I it's you do it every month or two weeks or a week or however it is, and it's great. But what I noticed about storytelling podcasts is like the quality goes like up down left right like the, the, they're just trying to hammer out as many episodes as they can they're not really caring as much about the content and the thing that i like about red umbrella so much it's very curated like i've been very careful and you've been helping me on the side pj with the with the the, the editing and just having a, and you've been a huge help with like just having a soundboard for somebody i can bounce the ideas off of and you know, you you've been kind of behind the scenes on it a little bit. It's it's a very curated list of stories. It's it's very mm -hmm. carefully chosen. It's not just let's throw out everything we can and hope something sticks. Like this is this is there's a purpose behind it all. And that right. I'm just really I'm really really excited about this. This is going to be something. This is going to be something special and different than what most people expect expect from a horror podcast. Yeah, and I think you know, and uh, Addison, I, I think you can agree with this too, as a, a horror guy yourself. That you know, if you're seeing something, it's different from what you imagine. Like once the creature is revealed or the monster is shown on screen, that's you know, you can decide whether or not it's like, oh, it's a giant spider. Well, I'm not really scared of spiders, so this doesn't have the same effect it would have on, say, someone who's afraid of spiders. Um, so. I think the audio narration aspect of it is a little more um, frightening because it allows the listener's imagination to kind of go wild with the, the uh, subject material and no two people are going to listen to it the same. No, right. we had Sam, we lost uh, Sam. I can agree with that. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, well I was going to say that's actually very much, on and in in the narration is very much on purpose. I I leave out like key details you might have in a book, like something mm -hmm. like the character's race or their body type or something of that nature. I, I really want to just leave a canvas out there for people to listen to and either you know imagine whoever they want and like they could be five hundred pounds and purple it, it wouldn't matter like it's that's the kind of narrative i'm going for i want people to be as immersed in the events and not get bogged down on details about characters and stuff like that like you would find in a book like in a book you know what i mean right right you know we we uh we just had sam sam's gonna jump back on um I don't know, I'm, I'm just trying to take it as, as people jump in. We're trying to get like a little bit here and there of everybody so we can uh, so we can make sure that everyone gets, you know, stuff to talk about. So as soon as Sam jumps back in, we're going to we're going to discuss Sam's stuff because Sam's stuff is uh, definitely way, way different from the stuff that you guys put out. Okay. Um, right. 
but I mean, that's kind of what, you know, what I was going for with this. Like there are people that are going to be on later on that are other filmmakers, but there's also going to be people that come on that, you know, raffle off, you know, football helmets to raise money for cancer, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, this was a way like this whole, uh, idea was, you know, I want to get folks that I've had on in the past folks that are, you know, have been a part of the community that, you know, maybe get a different, um, a different audience than they would normally get, um, you know, get to meet different people. Like, cause I don't think you two guys have, have met before, no. No. but, uh, you know, James, I, I would highly recommend psycho ape. A lot of fun. Um, there was King Kong. Then there was planet of the apes. This is also a movie. Yep. Yep, that's something that would be in my collection. I'm about it. Yes, yeah, and I have, I do have to pick up the shirt, but, uh, but uh, I've, I've got most of the other stuff. I mean, yeah, you, you definitely have more than uh, I think the average person. So, I don't have the trading cards either. Oh no, yeah, those are dwindling. Those are definitely. I think I only have maybe four or five of those left. Well, those hold, hold. That's awesome. Hold aside a thing of cards and a and a bloody banana for me and a three okay. X T shirt. Uh, the shirts I don't sell; those are uh, uh, available on a, on a website because I have a, a deal with a T shirt guy, so that he, he kind of takes care of all that. So that, you know, I have all the rest of the merchandise and I promote the film, but you know, I can't do everything. So I, I did sort of, you know, license him the image, and so he he takes care of all the T shirt stuff for me. All right. Yeah. And definitely make sure that, uh, you know, you send me links to stuff so that when I do the, um, the, the show notes and whatnot, cause this is going to come out as a normal podcast episode as right. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can put everything in the show notes. I'm putting everybody's stuff into the show notes yeah, so yeah. people know where to, you know, buy merch or pick up, uh, you know, a copy of a movie or a book or what have you. Um, yeah, it's just, this is one of those, episodes that you know i did a while back i think you were on that one too addison with just randomly trying to promote people all right so yeah we have got sam back sam uh we're very excited to have you back on on the show uh sam is the author of the addicted animal series um including if you give a bunny a beer and if you give a bear a bong. Yes. And uh, it's gonna fall. And you just had a new one come out, Sam. Right, um, right. And uh, it's if you give a lab a lab. Which okay. is uh yeah, let's take let's zoom in on you. <laughs> okay. Barking cool. bad. So tell us for the folks because you've been on the show a couple of times, but for the folks who might not be familiar with the addicted animals series. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what this is and where this idea came from. Well, it's uh, sort of a series. It's grown into this series about animals that don't know when to say when. Uh, it's it's really got its own universe now. It started with if you give a bunny a beer, um, which is like a heartwarming cautionary tale about the dangers of mixing alcohol in small mammals. Um, <laughs> And then from there, it just expanded. Um, you know, the next book in the series was If You Give a Bear a Bong. And 
what I really like about it is the series is a contained universe so that animals from the earlier books have cameos and roles in the later books. Um, uh, so that's, you know, it's, it's a, a series that parodies the, if you give books by Laura Numeroff. Um, and, and that's what inspired me to write it. Uh, cause I've got two kids and I read those books to them a million times and, you know, in the delirium of my million three thought this could really use a twist. Um, and I, I joked with my wife that wouldn't this be so much funnier if it was, if you give a bunny a beer and she said, that would be hilarious. You should write it. Uh, so I did. And it kind of took off from there. Yeah. And you've, uh, we've, we've seen you, uh, several places. We've seen you at, uh, uh I think most recently at Monster Expo last year. Um, was it, yeah, it was last, last right. October. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Cause that was when, uh, no, it was not last October, the year before. Because uh, right. James, you were you were there at that con. That was the uh, the night of the skillet. <laughs> James, James, oh and several God. other people ended up in our our suite that night, and it was it was a a wild adventure. That night you, was legendary, man. It it really was. Um, <laughs> But Sam, we've seen you at Rock and Shock. We've seen you. You go to conventions all over the place. Um, I'm surprised that you know maybe Addison, you haven't uh, crossed paths with him because I know you do a lot of stuff. Uh, you're out in Ohio. Uh, no, uh, uh, Michigan. Yeah, uh, I live in Michigan. I go to like Cinema Wasteland in Ohio, and I go to Horror Hound. You know, um, I've heard of Rock and Shock before, but I've never attended before. No, oh, you you can't now, which is <laughs> oh, very no, that's sad. That's, that, it's that a course yeah. now, unfortunately. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's a great. I, show. I, I had heard of it, but I I had never gone. So, Sam, what other what other um, what other cons have you been to, and like, which ones do you find to be like, which themed ones do you find to be your most uh, successful? Um, not surprised. You know, I do really well at uh, comic cons generally. Like, um. Uh, Rhode Island Comic Con has been one of my most successful. Um, Galaxy Con in Raleigh, I've done that, and that's been one of my most successful. In Richmond, which I'm doing next week, uh, has also been another really good one for me. Uh, and then I also do a couple of cannabis uh, fest, uh, conventions. And as you can imagine, with titles like If You Give a Bear a Bong, If You Give a Dog a Doobie, uh, those do really well at those conventions. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. Um, so you're up to what's this four now? Because you've got uh, no, we're up to five. Five, yes. Because yeah. uh, we didn't include kitty. Uh, if you give a kitty a cocktail, right? So, you know, I know you and I have discussed this where you have like everything, you know, potentially planned, like mapped out. Like not everything's written and everything, but you know, you you've got quite a few so is uh is there anything that you can give us say uh, uh a preview of that's coming up like anything you can talk about because i know for a long time you had to be really hush hush with lab right. uh, because of what was going on with that but uh yeah no I've, a... I've got um the sixth book is coming out in august and it's if you give an elephant edibles uh, <laughs> that's so good and it's nice. It's already doing really well with pre-orders. It it just hit um, Amazon's top ten in new releases. Um, That's really impressive. Not even out yet, so I'm real happy about you know 
you know, the reaction and that obviously people who probably bought the other books are looking forward to this one coming out. Yeah, because I still have to pick up Lab. I have I have all the other ones, obviously, but I still got to pick up Lab. And I got to get some more posters from you, too. Right, right. Are you going to be at Halfway to Halloween in uh, April, is it? I think so, at the uh, the Monster Expo. Right. Yeah, I believe I believe so. Actually, we're going to have uh, uh, Joe, who runs that, uh, on in a little while. Oh, okay. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um because again, you know, this is like I was telling uh, these other gentlemen uh, before you hopped on, you know, basically what we're trying to do is, you know, give you guys more of a a different type of audience that, you know, maybe you don't normally get. I'm not saying that like you need me for any of you because you're clearly doing very well on your own. But, you know, just maybe people who have never heard of this, because I don't know if, you know, Addison or James, if you guys are familiar with with this stuff. No, no. But uh I highly read, recommend. I love it. it. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's it's so funny. I love the stories, um, and I can't like again. You and I have had a ton of conversations about these. You know, you've been on the show three, four times, um, and I'm always happy to have you on again. Any and any time, we'll have to get you back in August when the uh, when the new one comes out. But you know, it's not just the. Uh, you know, the writing, especially with this, uh, your, 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 uh, illustration partner, Mike Odin does a great job of taking what you've written and literally illustrating it. I was trying to find a better word, but I couldn't, uh, and getting it out there so people can see exactly what you're trying to put out there. Yeah. He, he does an amazing job. I mean, he's super talented and, um, and he, and he just has a great sense of humor, uh, and that really comes out, I think, in his artwork and, you know, a lot of little stuff that he slips into the books. Um, little you know, just, cameos and Easter eggs. Yeah, just a lot of really great visual humor. Um, you know, and like an elephant, there's some really funny stuff that references back to Bunny. Um, you know, and sometimes I'll catch stuff that, you know, I wasn't aware he was putting in there. So, um, <laughs> you know, that I just catch after a couple of reads and... Uh, you know, really lucky to work with him. I mean, we've been working together now for seven years. Um, so, you know, that's a good partnership. It seems like it. Now, where are you uh, located? Like, what's your home base? I'm in Buffalo. All right. So you're so you're traveling all over the country, like, you know, out to all these different cons trying to, you know, really promote stuff. So I applaud that because... You know, it can be difficult being away for, you know, an extended period of time, you know, no matter what you're doing. Right. You know, and, you know, I know, Addison, you travel around to, uh, you know, the different cons that you mentioned, you know, selling your your movies and uh, your merch. James, I know you're at cons and doing stuff all the time. But God, our <laughs> schedule is frightening. <laughs> <laughs> but it's mostly around Massachusetts where, you know. Sam, you're yeah, going all over the place. Yeah, no, we we're we're I'm looking to break further out. Not maybe not this year, but definitely once Abigail I'm sorry, whatever it's gonna be called is off the <laughs> is is off and running, then I'm definitely looking for a bigger stage. But you know, I mean we go all the way from Connecticut up to Maine. I mean yeah, yeah, I mean, corner of the country covered. <laughs> I mean, New England does have a a, a fairly uh, 
a fairly robust horror scene, you know. We're blessed like that. Yes. So, Sam, you've got your sixth book coming out. Have you thought at any at any point of, man, I'm getting tired of doing this. Uh, you know, I'm just going to do the, tw- the, the, the 26 and move on. Or are you just like, this is great. I wish there were more letters in the alphabet. You know, is, you know, I've got, um, I've actually written uh, two more that I'm still trying to get the publisher to green light. Um, One they had green lighted and then we wrote it and then they changed their mind. Um, And one, I just, it's, I think we've talked about it. It's the Panda book. Mm-hmm. Um, just can't convince them to do that yet. Um, so, um, you know, and Mike and I have a couple more ideas in us that we think would work. Um, uh, so right now I feel pretty comfortable moving forward with it for a few more books, at least, um, you know, the publisher and I are already talking about an, an idea for a seventh book. Um, and it will be a holiday themed book, which I'm looking forward to. Oh, all right. Then um, I'm just trying to imagine the possibilities here. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I can tell you that. I like it. I've written it. Um, and really now I'm just trying hard to convince the publisher that it's a good idea to go forward with. I mean, they want to do a holiday book uh, with the addicted animals. Um, but it's just, it, this one's going to be a different format, but it's going to have the same characters. Okay. Um so I think it's, I think that'll work. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's, um, you know, right now I'm really happy with the series and, uh, you know, the publisher keeps wanting more books, um, and, you know, they keep getting them in stores. So, uh, as long as I don't start, you know, beating a dead horse with it and feel like I'm writing the same book over and over, then I'll, you know, feel good doing it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, it could it could get stale if like they're just like yeah just keep giving us you know the basically the same thing over and over and over again but you know i think the way that you have uh you have written it in the way that mike has illustrated it like while it's all contained in a single universe it doesn't feel like i'm reading the same story over and over again right. because it's such a in between books it's such a tonal shift i mean Bunny and Bear are totally different, and Kitty is way off the rails compared right. to those two. Like it's they're not the same. And even you know similar subject matter. You know if you give give a bear a bong, if you give a dog a doobie, those are two totally different books. Right. You know, and you know for a casual observer, it's like oh, this is going to be the same thing. It's like eh, it's really not. Like there's a lot of different kind of stoners out there. So you know, you gotta... right right <laughs> and, and and that's what's really important to me you know because i i really appreciate you know my audience i really appreciate people who you know make the effort to check out my books and buy them and i'd never want to be in a situation where i'm you know sort of insulting them by just writing the same book because that's what you know i get pushed towards doing yeah um you know there's a little tension with that now already because the the weed books do really well like those are the the biggest sellers uh like if you give a dog a doobie and if you give a bear a bong so 
you know, the publisher from their perspective is like, well, if that's what's selling, write more of those. And, you know, I, I, as long as I can, I'm not going back to the same well too many times, I'm comfortable mm -hmm. doing that. Um, but like we were saying, I, I don't want to write the same book just with a different animal. Right. So I know we're going to be uh, we're going to be joined shortly by uh, yet another filmmaker, uh, Michael Neal. But uh, while we're waiting, Addison, I need to know a little bit more about uh, Magnum Opus because uh, I've seen some of your posts mm -hmm. and I've just I've been looking at it, I've been trying to I mean, I suppose I could just read the synopsis on it. But I think it's more fun if you tell me a little bit about what Magnum Opus is and uh, where that came from. Uh, well, last summer I had a lot of free time, um, and so I took that time to go through hard drives and all this old footage that I had from about 15, 20 years ago, basically just of me and my high school friends, you know, imitating Tom Green and Jackass and CKY, Viva La Bam, all that stuff, and I took, you know about two and a half hours of this 15 to 20 year old footage shot on various formats too, you know, VHS, high eight, mini DV, digital. Um, and I compiled everything into an hour long project. So I whittled down, you know, two and a half hours and turned it into a 63 minute long, you know, movie with fade ins, fade outs, text at the bottom, you know, showing everyone's names, just like, a jackass movie, but as if it was made by, you know, 15, 16 year olds. And so that's kind of how I want people to kind of look at it is like, even though it was edited recently and, you know, cut together uh, last year, um, it was essentially shot by teenagers. And so I kind of wanted to present it in that same kind of manner where here's a movie sort of made by teenagers in the spirit of, you know, stupid teenagers, doing st stupid teenage things and it's in chronological order from like 2002 mm -hmm. until about 2017 and so you see us age from you know little kids into adults and the footage quality gets better as it goes as well so it's kind of i didn't think of this but one of my favorite reviews was um Someone called it boyhood meets jackass, which is kind of perfect because that's exactly what it is. It's you see us as children, you know, jumping off stuff and hurting each other and eating gross stuff. But it starts off on crappy VHS and then it, the footage gets better as time goes on. But we're also aging as time goes on as well. So in an hour, you see, you know, 15 years of my life, but also my friend's life. And you see like the different sort of quality of cameras that I was buying, you know, throughout my life up until a certain point where it's like 1080p and we're still like pulling pranks and stuff. Um, so it is like, you know, Jackass, another, there's another review. Someone called it like Jackass Junior, you know? And so it's, it is, it is like that. Yes. It is like a Jackass movie made by teenagers, but it's also like this kind of experimental thing where it's, you know, like boyhood where we had this footage for years and years and years. And so I finally just cut it together in chronological order. And so now it's like this weird sort of home movie, you know, piece, but it's, you know, crazy stunts and pranks and skits inspired obviously by Jackass and the Tom Green show. That sounds very interesting. 
Uh, so we just got joined by uh, Mr. Mike Neal. Uh, Mike, it looks like you are muted, but I'm going to unmute you. Uh, who is yet another filmmaker. And uh, we also have just been joined by Mr. Justin Solemn. Justin, how are you today? How are you? Doing all right. So we are uh, going around the horn and uh, we're all just talking about the different different projects we've all got going on. Uh, we've talked about Addison's movies. We've been talking about James movies. We just discussed uh, Sam's Addicted Animal Book series, uh, which if you haven't seen them, uh, you definitely need to check them out. Um, so we're going to uh, jump next to uh, Mr. Neil, uh, because that's the order in which he came on. So, Justin, we'll get to you uh, shortly. Sure. So feel free to hang out, and if you have anything you want to add in, please do. But, uh, Mike, I want to thank you for uh, joining me. I know you have a super busy uh, schedule, and uh, so I want to talk to you about a couple of things. First of all, Mike, uh, if folks aren't aware, Mike is a local filmmaker. Here's one of his uh, movies that I happen to have uh, hanging around next to me. Um He's also the director of the short film It's Me, Ma, which has nothing to do with uh, uh, finding your grandma. But uh, <laughs> And also uh, the upcoming Cellophaeus, and uh, I'm so excited for that one to come out because I know we have some big, big announcements that we're going to be making in the near future. Uh, although if you want to break it on this show, like that's totally fine with me. But if you want to wait for a, a different platform, I don't know what you've got planned. But uh, Mike, thank you for uh, for joining. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, a little bit about Dream Apex. Sure. Well, first off, let me know if everything get, anything gets weird. I have a really I have a lot of bad luck with StreamYard, but hopefully this will be good luck for your episode extravaganza number fifty. Um, but yeah, so um, Dream Apex Pictures is a company I have with Joel Lemieux, who's another local filmmaker. Um, we specialize in local films. Like I've done other movies, like Growing Old that you showed was done in Boston, but the guy I did that with now lives in LA. So we still work together. His name's Greg Anson. We still do films, but those are a little longer, trying to get more funding up front, a little bigger. Um, for Joe and I with Dream Apex Pictures, we want to do things in New England and not do them as quickly as we can, but not because we know and love the network here. We try to do things, you know, kind of as soon as we can. Um, and we have so many people here we can depend on and rely on, like yourself, Patrick. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's fun. I love making movies here. Um, I've been doing it, well, I graduated in 99 from uh, college, and I've pretty much been doing it ever since. And, you know, LA is great, New York is great, um, but there's something about being here that I just love. I feel like there's places we go and film that no one's ever seen before. Um, there's a sense of kind of fresh, um, just kind of look to everything, I guess. And there's so many people here doing so many great things. and people are so supportive and it's just it's a great atmosphere i couldn't imagine myself doing anything anywhere else it can be hard to make a living sometimes because i'm freelance so that can be you know difficult but um you know i'd rather do it here it's great and so with dream apex um that our focus really is making film make films wherever but especially in new england that's our big focus and i think that uh you know you've done a a, a pretty good job with that uh, so 
we're going to take a quick jump over to uh, Justin. Justin, uh, you are also a filmmaker, and I've gotten the, the opportunity to work with you uh, both on your own projects and on, you know, big Hollywood movies. Uh, and you recently have become the owner of Acclaim Media Group and AMG Camera Car Systems. If you want to tell us a little bit about your film journey and uh, tell us a little bit about what your uh, camera car system does, because I think that might tie into something else that you've got going on. Sure. Um, well, I mean, my story, you know, started by accident. I think a lot of people's journey happens by accident. I was working as a, a videographer for a moving company, internal videographer, corporate video, you know, employee video. And um, they knew that I used to move furniture. They had a high-end piano that they needed moved. And so they asked me to go oversee the move. When I went there, uh, lo and behold, they set me up. It was a movie set for a film called The Vitiate, which was purchased by Sony um picture classics i think is what they're they're called and um then of course i talked to the right people and and i started working on that show and that was my first uh big union show and it kind of just went from there uh acclaimed media group is really just the grown-up version of rusted lantern pictures rusted lantern pictures is kind of my creative playground now it's where i make the narrative projects it's where i produce music videos under and um Acclaim Media Group's more like uh, if I'm going to approach a small business and try to do some internal stuff for them, uh, I go under the umbrella of AMG. AMG is also like the parent company. So as far as taxes go and everything, I just have one, you know, blanket company. I just filter everything through AMG. Um, so, yeah, that's like the corporate grown-up side. And then AMG Camera Car Systems is, um, you know, I'm a little late in the game as far as camera car stuff goes because of video walls and how successful they're becoming. But the reality is most people can't afford to shoot on video walls. So I've just started accumulating all of the gear necessary to shoot cars, both on the car, shoot other cars, shoot car to car. And uh, I'll be treating myself to a financial hardship in the form of a camera car crane uh, later <laughs> Later this year, um, that'll be a joy that I'll, I'll either pay off all at once and, and really have no money for anything else, or um, that I'll just finance for five painful years and maybe we use it five times. Um, but it's good that I have that gear because, like you said, it ties into something else. Uh, I'm assuming you were talking about the, the project I'm working on now, which is just a, a heavily, you know, uh, heavy on the car stuff. You know, it's, it's a narrative, it's action um drama but also heavy on the, the camera car stuff if we have the gear we may as well use it yeah and you know i think that that's you know definitely something that uh, makes a lot of sense you know if you know part of what you're doing is i want to rent this stuff out but it's like i have it i have this idea i might as well do it um i do want to quickly say uh uh to uh mr addison thank you for joining us i know you have to uh you have to bounce but I really appreciate you jumping on and uh, hanging out with us. And, you know, we'll make sure that we have all of your, uh, <clears throat> all of your information, all your links and whatnot in the bio when this drops as an actual podcast in a couple of days. And obviously I'll be doing the same for everyone, but Addison, thank you. And thank you. Uh, I look forward to having you on again uh, in the near future. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for the invite. Nice to meet all you guys. Nice meeting. Right. Take care, buddy. Thanks, man. And uh, with that, we actually have uh, someone else joining the stream right now. Uh, thank you for joining us, Mr. Joe Souza, who uh, we actually were uh, discussing your uh, your uh, projects a little while ago. Uh, we were referring to the uh, Halfway to Halloween and talking about Monster Expo. Uh, so thank you for joining us today. 
Hey, thanks for having me. How's it going, everybody? Good. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going, Sam? Good. How are you doing? Not bad. Getting home from work. <laughs> yeah, it was actually Sam that uh, prompted us to talk about you because we yeah. were just talking about how uh, we see him at conventions all the time. and uh, You'll be seeing him at Halfway to Halloween. Yep. So, Joe, since you just joined us, let's uh, do a little bit about... Uh, who you are, what uh, what it is that you do, and uh, and we can uh, we can go from there. Sounds good. Hey guys, my name's uh, Joe Souza. I uh, run a convention called Monster Expo. We're in Fairhaven this um, April at the end of April, and we're back in Taunton for Monster Expo in October. And I'm also a sculptor, and we decided me and a couple of friends of mine to launch a magazine to help some of the independent horror and authors and artists get their projects out there, get them printed, get it seen, you know, at affordable and help uh, everybody network and get together. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's kind yeah. of one of the things that we all in this, you know, cause most of us are, are from this area uh, with the exception of Sam and uh, where Addison was from uh, Michigan. We're all, you know, local to this, to this, uh, you know, to Massachusetts, Rhode Island area. Yep. And, you know, it kind of makes sense that, you know, we're all trying to help promote each other and, you know, get our uh, collective community up in the air. Uh, I believe James and Justin, you guys met each other at uh, a recent convention. I don't remember which one it was. I've known Justin for a while, dude. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah, know. We've known each other for quite a time. Um, I think the first time I ever met Justin, it was like three years ago. We went to one of Gabby's things out in Millbury. And we first time we met face to face was then, but we've been friends on Facebook for like five years. Yeah. We've known each other for a while. Yeah. See, I just met Justin. Wrong, PJ. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, I just met you. Uh, I just met you last year. Uh, about a year ago, working on uh, was holdovers the, the first one, yeah, yeah, and then uh, finest kind a little bit, and then we worked on, you know, a couple of your your music videos. So you know, we've worked together a few times. You know, yeah. James, James and I have worked together, or we're working on working together. Uh, uh, Mike and I have worked together a couple times. Um, yeah, so it's uh everything's it's it's nice that this community like i had no idea that so many people knew each other in this community where it's like you know justin i didn't know that you knew jen and i met jen at monster expo in 2021 and i found out that she was friends with one of my closest friends but like i had no idea like how 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 small of the world it is i'm fixing my tripod i'm sorry no no, no do what you need to do it's driving me nuts <laughs> I mean, well, I'm down in my, my, my workspace and I have this, you know, comfy couch, but to use the comfy couch, I have this huge fucking thing in the way. I mean, <sighs> wow, that is a big thing. God, it's a, a rolling showcase. I got three of them for 80 bucks. This is Facebook Marketplace right here. This thing is massive, big hand, two motorcycle helmets. So that's how big that is. And then a third one over there. For eighty bucks, Facebook Marketplace. That's pretty nice. good. It's an independent filmmaker's haven. It is. 
Well, and, and that's the thing with, you know, all of us being, you know, not just like, you know, independent creators, although I haven't, oh, I guess I technically have created some stuff. Oh, but... you shut up. You shut up right now. You made you know my book found... of 2020, my friend. See, well, I just found you. out about that book. Oh, the book's amazing. It's really, I really good. Yep, yeah. I got to agree. Awesome book. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, saying that. That means a lot. I it, it does. But, like, you know, I just meant, like, not on, you know, not yet on the level that you guys have. You know, because I'm listening, you guys have been in this, you know, the, the the film industry for so long. And this was something that I never thought I would be a part of. And now all of a sudden I am, which is pretty awesome. Although I'm kind of jonesing for it right now. I got to tell you. It's tough. It's I know. Time. I know. I'm, I'm going I'm, out to New York next week for it. Like I had to go to New York, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping to hear something uh, about a job at the Cape. Because they desperately need uh, COVID people, and it's like, oh, I've done that, and I've done it on the Cape, so yeah. let me know. So hopefully, I hear from them. But no, it's part of what makes this community of you know not just you know the filmmaking community or the convention community. It's just the independent creator community, where you know we all recognize what the struggle is. And all we're trying to do is help other people, you know, reach their goals. You know, like, you know, Justin, when I was working with you over the summer, you're like, hey, you know, I want to give you a, a, a position on my film where, you know, something that you want to do coming up in the future. But, you know, it didn't quite work out the way <laughs> I wanted to because I was like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, sorry, Jess is already doing that. So. What Which, did you want to do? Well, at the time I was thinking like script supervisor or something like that, but now I'm thinking oh, right. I want to get into like the AD, but the 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 shed was not large enough for as many people as we <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I like to run. I don't I don't know about everybody else in this chat, but I, I like to run with a small crew. I mean, like Sam and I are doing a movie right now that is it's coming along really well. I'm very proud of what we're putting together so far, and it's a two-person crew. Um, you know, when I look at Black Vulture, which, you know, was well received and it looks good and people enjoyed it. I had a crew of like 25 and I, I it, it embarrasses me that I don't remember everybody that was on it. I mean, granted, I was in a car accident and suffered a head injury during production. I, uh, you know, even still, I look at the credits and I'm like, I don't remember even meeting this person. And that's terrible. You know, it makes me feel like a, like a jerk. So I, I like to keep a small crew. So that being said, I, I wish that there was more on sanguinary you know i wish that there was more that that you could have done i just what i didn't want you to do was the covid thing i didn't want you to do the pa thing because to me if you're coming out and volunteering time on a set i don't want you doing the thing that like you would normally get paid for and not get paid for it that just sucks it's like i want to provide a platform where like well what do you want to do short of like being in charge of like the burn unit and burning people when you just kind of think it would be fun like what could you do that is safe you know have you ever wanted to work in lighting cool jump on the electric crew something like that you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um you know that's that's how i like to do things and that's why i keep things small because in theory you know most of the positions everybody's experimenting with a new craft you know um but I think that you're fantastic to work with. And I, you know, I'm looking forward to 
having you back out for the rest of, you know, we have two more days of shooting on that once the weather, you know, goes back to spring, real spring. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, cause I've, I've learned a lot working with you. So, you know, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on because I've had such positive experiences with you, you know, on every set that I've worked with you on, you know, and I want more people to be aware of the projects that you're creating, because I think the stuff that you do, you take a lot of what you're, what you've learned and just like some of the stuff, like I've shown, uh, you know, people like the, the, the whole black vulture thing. It's like, like, look at this, like, I wish people could see all the behind the scenes stuff that we've done that you're like, no, put that over there. No, do that. And like some of the places where we've shot, where it's like, I feel like I've got tetanus just from looking at this place, but well, like, I'm meticulous with, with, with everything. Do you remember, uh, did you go to the holdovers rap party? Yes. Okay. So we did this film directed by Alexander Payne, who's to, to me going to be my favorite director for the rest of my career. He's such an incredible person. And uh, it's called Holdovers. We went to the rap party and they had um, like a five minute montage of uh, just a little POV. They would take the camera and they would strategically place it in places they knew Alexander was going to go in and shift salt and pepper shakers around or silverware around or whatever around. And it was just to look at the detail that he put into every single frame was, you know, so inspiring to you know to me so yeah when we do the bts stuff and i'm like put that over there put that over there which i always feel like i'm talking at people instead of talking to them and i i don't like that it's i think it's also just because i that's the way i make myself feel uh, the feedback has been that people don't feel like i'm talking at them but mm. anytime i ask somebody to do something for me i feel like a lazy piece of shit because i feel like i should just do it myself right <laughs> so it's you know Generally. but um it's like I, I know where I want things, you know, to be. Last night, we um, I watched Blade Runner 2049. It's, you know, I love it. I've seen this so many times. But I started seeing similarities that felt familiar. And I looked at a bunch of screenshots from this thing that we're doing now. And it was just so heavily saturated with Deacon cinematography. You know, like, I, I mean, I love his work. And so, like you said, you take what you learn and kind of apply it to the independent projects that we do. Yeah, I just soak up everything I can from everyone that I talk to. And I take something from everybody and I try to apply it on on my sets. Yeah, so and I think... a professional thief. Yeah, well, I mean, it's imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Well, you know, when I say professional thief, I just mean like, I we would all be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't take something from each other in some capacity you know and i'm not saying take a creative idea i'm saying like oh i like the way that that person spoke to that person alexander knew everybody's name yep i don't know how you do that that's incredible to me so that's something i'm trying to do well there there you know to to kind of touch on that point when ashes and i came to the the rap party you know we're walking up the stairs and he's at the top of the stairs having a conversation and he sees me sees ash Stops his conversation, walks over, goes, hi, you must be Ashes. I'm Alexander and offers his hand. It's like he knew my wife's name because he and I had had conversations. An Academy Award winning filmmaker. Two. Two well, of them. Yeah. All right. We have uh, another group just about to join us. And uh, this is going to be a tonal shift from what we've been talking about. Uh, so, folks. Uh, please welcome the uh, West Coast Warriors uh, break room. 
uh, these folks are, uh, they're fantastic human beings. They have been, uh, you know, immensely helpful. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what they do. I'm going to have them introduce themselves and tell you what it is that they do. But I can tell you that they have had a very significant impact uh, on my life and they've helped me out uh, and my family out immensely. Uh, so I'm going to let these folks talk about what it is they do and folks uh, take it away. Good afternoon, PJ. My name is Marsu. Uh, our room is something that's dedicated to the memorabilia world. Uh, first and foremost, it was created in honor of our warrior, as you can see, kind of in our banner back there. Uh, Vicky was a family member of ours, my mother's late wife that had passed due to her fight with cancer, not because of her cancer, but because of her um, graft versus host. host, thank you, words, um, <laughs> disease that she had to fight after having a bone marrow transplant and things like that. And so this is our way to honor her memory of loving football and being able to one, um, you know, recognize that football is a big part of our family, as well as with each and every break, we donate a significant amount of what we bring in towards the charity uh, that helped her get through all of it, and as well as other survivors that are dealing with the same cancers as her. Yeah, and you folks have done uh, some amazing stuff. Like I said, you helped uh, when my father had his diagnosis. Uh, you guys helped out with uh, immensely helping run a fundraiser. Um, you know, not only, you know, raising money for the different memorabilia that you uh, donated, but also donating a significant amount yourself. And, you know, I was thinking about that earlier today, you know, and I remember telling my dad, you know, it's like, hey, this is what's going on. And this is what these folks are doing. And he, uh, you could hear him get all choked up. And he wasn't a guy that, that you know, uh, displayed a whole ton of emotion. And, you know, it really means a lot to me, uh, you know, specifically what you guys do. And it's one of those things where, you know, in a lot of, lot of ways, like, you know, when I'm jumping in a break room and it's like, oh, man, I really hope I win this thing or that thing. And it's like, even if I don't win, I get completely skunked. It's OK, because I know that, you know, I'm helping contribute to a cause. Now, don't get me wrong. I do like winning the occasional Mahomes helmet. I'm not going to complain. Right. <laughs> you know, when you guys, you know, pull pull the stuff that, uh, you know, I'm specifically looking for, you know, I, I, again, I'm not going to complain. But uh, how long has this group been uh, up and running? Um, I want to say we started two years ago. So this August will be our third complete year. Um, we started donating back in 2018, very little, uh, 2019, we didn't donate anything because that was the year that Vicky passed. So it was a very hard year, but 2020 was our first big year of donating, which started the break room itself. Um, since 2018, we are, I think just under $50,000 in total donations. And that's taking off an entire year of 2019. So within four years, we've almost hit 50,000, which we will hit by the end of this year. We will have donated over $50,000 in total since 2018, technically. But the break room itself was, I want to say, July, August of 2020, um, shortly after COVID kind of hit and everything was going on. We had all talked about it for a while. At first, it started out as a joke. 
you know, um, when we first started playing, it was kind of like, oh, we should we should do our own room. Ha ha ha, funny. And then you blink and we're three years later, $50,000 raised. We have a room full of people who, you know, like yourself, just enjoy being a part of it. It's a, it's a good community. Yeah, we, we created that small little community. And, you know, we love helping everybody out. You know, with, with you and your dad, when that came up, it hits home for all three of us. You know, because it, it hasn't just been Vicky who, you know, we've had. It's been uh, Debbie's mother, my brother. Uh, uh, her brother, my grandfather. Michelle. So, it's, yeah, Michelle, you know, her sister, uh, she beat breast cancer. So it's like the cancer world as a whole is is very close to us and we can we will do whatever we can to help anybody out you know we've we've helped you out i know we've helped a few others out in the room too it's something that we really pride ourselves on of that's why we created this group you know we created this group to remember vicky to have fun but in reality we did it to donate to charity you know that that is our cause that is the reason that we do this everything else is just a perk you know, to, to do this. Um, so and we yeah. have, we have lots of fun. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Like the, 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 uh, the live breaks, which you guys will be doing uh, in about an hour, right? Yep. Yeah. One hour. Uh, you'll be doing a, a live break. I did not get the chance to jump into this one, but you know, I'll be there next time. Uh, like the, the, the live chat, you know, the stuff that goes on between you guys and the, the folks that are uh, in the room. It's it's fantastic. So, um, you know, that's part of the reason why, you know, I, I've explained to, you know, these other folks that have been in uh, on the show for a while, like part of what I'm doing tonight is, you know, trying to give back to folks who have been cool with me and, you know, folks who, you know, I respect what they're doing. And I really appreciate um, I really appreciate everything that they do for their community and you know this has been just uh, a really fun ride for me. So this is uh, so you guys had said that you're you've given away uh, close to fifty thousand uh, dollars for cancer research. And what number break are you on? I think today is fifty four. Mm -hmm. so yeah, today would be our fifty fourth total break in numerical you know, value. Yeah. but we've had a couple specialty series, so reality we're probably closer to 60 but and we've also done some like razzes and um charity things in between there so we've done a lot of things here and there in between each series um but yeah we're up in those mid to high 50s in total which you know i'm just you know going to say you know so that's about a thousand dollars every time you do a break you know give or take right mm-hmm so that that's that was the only point I was trying to make with that. And for yeah. folks who are not familiar with the term RAS, um, Facebook flags anything where if you talk about like a raffle. Right. So the new term, the term has been changed right. to avoid your post getting taken down or getting flagged for going against community standards, which, you know, it's like, Hey, we're looking to raise money for cancer. Oh, not on our watch. You're not like exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg ain't having that. Nope. Yeah. So I know you guys got uh, a lot to prepare for, and you're you're getting ready. And you know, I appreciate you guys jumping on. Uh, if you guys want to hang out, 
totally fine if you want to jump off and you know do what you need to do i will say i have the exact same shirt that debbie's wearing uh mine's probably a lot bigger uh but i've <laughs> i've worn it uh on on film sets a couple of times so i just wanted to let you guys know that i try to represent the the group wherever i go and you know it's like oh what's that you're wearing oh what am i wearing well i'll tell you so i try to make sure that uh I help give you guys uh, any promotion. Uh, is there anything you guys want to talk about before uh, you hop off and get ready for your own uh, live stream? I don't think so. You know, like I said, um, charity is our number one thing. You know, we, we want people to understand that that is the reason we're in this. We're in this for family. We're in this for charity. We're in this for fun. Uh, we really don't do it for any other reason. Uh, everything else, like I said, is just extra fun. The lives is a fun little perk. Talk to everybody, interact with everybody, create that little community that we have. Um, but we really want anybody, like I said, you can be in our room. I, we don't care if you spend a penny. Come enjoy the lives. Talk with us. We'll talk sports. You can make fun of me. Everybody makes fun of me. Don't worry. I get that a lot. Uh, you know, uh, I get dogged on a lot for being a Steelers fan. So I, I like it. It's, it's fun to get that back and forth banner with everybody. So come watch a live. Enjoy it. Just have fun with us. Um, and then we do one other thing we do for Vicky each year is her annual tailgate. That's one big thing. It's our big, big event. We do it typically every November, December, when it finally cools down here in Arizona, uh, we'll pick a game. We'll get family and friends together for a big Memorial tailgate to come together. Uh, we typically give a little speech about it, about Vicky. And then we just all hang out, good food, you know, good friends and family watching football games all day long. Um, so that's really kind of what everything is for. Then our light the night walk is the big, big event. That is actually from the charity itself uh, for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. It's their annual light the night walk. Um, so that's what we do every November. Uh, we you typically post about it um, when it gets closer. We always invite anybody to come out, whether you live in Arizona or not. You know, we would love for one year to get as many people as possible to come out to that event. Last year, Vicky was the memorial um, hero. Um, but even after that, you know, we're, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep supporting and doing it and enjoying the time. So we always invite anybody to come out. We always post about when the event is. Um, and like I said, if we could just one year get, get some people from the group to come out to Arizona and just have a good weekend, uh, that'd be fantastic. But yeah. Awesome. Appreciate the yes. opportunity to be here and yes. giving us a little shout out and letting us represent and tell our story to others that are a part of the world. Of course, of course. And you guys can, uh, for anybody listening, for you folks, if you guys uh, are interested, uh, West Coast Warrior Breaks on Facebook, find them, join it. Like it's, it's a lot of fun, not just... Not just that, like, you know, there's all, all these giveaways. So if you don't win, you know, maybe you win a, a case for a helmet that you didn't win, or maybe you get a case for a helmet you did win. You know, it's 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 all good stuff. And uh, you are all uh, fantastic humans, and I'm glad that uh, we have crossed paths. Yes. Well, Thank you. We're glad to be a part of your life and you and yeah. a part of ours. Appreciate it. All right. Well, you guys go get ready for uh, your, uh, your, your upcoming live and uh, – Work on your zingers for uh, for Belize. I'll do my oh, best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank right. you. Thanks. Take care, guys. Uh -huh. I had a slight technological glitch. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. We're uh, we're happy to have you back. Um, 
Right so, next to Joe now. Hey, yeah. Joe, we're neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, I wanted to, uh, to, to touch base with you a little bit about um, what's going on. Uh, I know, Mike, Mike, you have to jump out in a couple of minutes. Um, so whenever you have to jump out, just, you know, let me know. Uh, cause I know you've got, uh, family stuff that you got to take care of, but Joe, tell us a little bit about, uh, the convention and how the convention's kind of grown and, you know, turned into this magazine and tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what the magazine, like what the, uh, the, the intention behind it was and like what the goal is for it. Well, the convention monster expo started, Shortly after things opened back up from COVID, um, I was at a flea market space. And we were able to have a little Comic-Con type get together because everyone was itching to have a show. <clears throat> we had maybe about you know 12 vendors come down and it was a really good turnout. So that kind of gave me a little bit more of the confidence to start you know, a horror convention. And uh, with the community, just being the community that it is, word spread really quick and we've sold out the show really fast for vendors. And Vendors really got the word out there and everybody got excited. So I feel like we had a pretty good opening show for, you know, the small budget that we work with. Like we really don't have, you know, it's all just taking the money that we're able to raise with the sponsors and the vendors and really putting it towards focusing on the vendors, you know, having the guests that are affordable to get celebrity autographs and pictures from. So we're not sucking all the money off the floor and try not to overdo it with guests. So again, we're not sucking all the money off the floor. And we get every vendor that does the show on the website. We announce them on Instagram. We announce them on Facebook. We encourage them to get as a bio. A lot of people haven't even done this before. So, you know, they'll send us their bio. We'll help edit it up for them, make it look a little more professional, guide them through the process of, you know, doing a convention, make them feel confident and welcome them with open arms and try to build that family feel on the floor. And I feel that's really what's done well for me and just, you know, giving back to the community that's always done great with, you know, me and trying to keep the vendor tables as affordable as possible. And so everybody makes some money and everybody wants to come back. And most importantly, we have a good time. We all respect each other and are happy to see each other. It's a big family when the show gets going. And that's just, that's how, what I feel has had it grow from show to show to show. And just having so many of these, you know, talented people that have, I've been trying to get this story out for, you know, six months, but I just can't get the funding for it. I don't have time to do a Kickstarter, you know, hearing all these, you know, people that are struggling to get their work out there and just the lack of tangible magazines that focus on smaller, you know, when I was growing up, I was a lot, I was in Providence a lot, a lot of New Bedford and they were just tons of zines and that's how we got the word out there and traded them and got them out. And I just want to bring that back in a more professional level, make it look better. You know, and the same thing, we have editors that help us clean up people, people's stories. If it need be, we have people that have been writing for, you know, good long time. We don't have to do anything except just get it printed for them and maybe find an artist that's going to give an illustration for it and we can get it printed and, you know, hopefully get them some, you know, publicity and get noticed and get all of our names out there. So I'm kind of viewing it as just having a convention on paper almost. See, I like that. I like the fact that, you know, you know, again, you know, I've always even, you know, and Mike and James can definitely attest to this. Uh, Sam as well, because I met Sam, you know, long before I was ever, you know, trying to do any of my own stuff. But, you know, again, the independent creator community, like I've always been a huge proponent of that because you know, especially now after seeing what goes into, you know, a 
you know, a, you know, I don't want to say a real, like, but like a bigger budget, you know, Hollywood film with Oscar winning directors, like seeing that. And then, you know, talking to people, it's like, yeah, you know, I worked on this project for the asylum, you know, and, you know, we had to come up with a whole film and we had 12 days to do it. So like, I know how difficult that can be, you know, on any level, you know, where it's like, all right, we have two takes for this shot because we're fighting sunlight or, you know, the way that the camera angle is, you know, there's going to be fishing trawlers in the background in 40 minutes. So we have to nail these shots. We have to get it with this lighting and you don't have unlimited takes or it's like, ah, we didn't get it today. You know what? We'll just tack on an extra day at the end. We'll come back and do it again. Or oh, let's switch the schedule around because it's raining. You know, it's incredibly difficult, you know, for someone who doesn't have this, you know, larger audience already built in where it's like, oh, well, I'm going to tell my story. Well, who's distributing it? Well, I am because, you know, you know, I'm going to put it out on Facebook in my Facebook group and hopefully people will share it. You know, because I've found that, and I'm sure all of you can attest to this, how often people will, it's like, wow, that looks like it doesn't even need my money, but I'm going <laughs> to give it to them. Well, why don't you support your friend? You know, your friend's looking for 10 bucks, you know, to, you know, donate to their Kickstarter or, you know, buy a, a shirt at their merch table. It's like, well, I was gonna, but I spent $400 on, you know, a plain white t-shirt that Kanye West said, you know, he was gonna, he was gonna wear. So I'm going to do that instead. Yeah. You said it's it like, right there. It's advertising. It's you know, I have thoughts on this PJ and they're not kind. <laughs> so I'm just, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how vile you want me to get right now. I got some stuff I can say about that, but you're not wrong. No. And it's, and it frustrates me where it's like, most of the time the people that are doing this are the people that are like man i'm tired of the same five movie ideas being peddled i wish somebody would come out and do something original hey i've got this original film like that i worked on and like me and my friends did this and we filmed it like we did it all ourselves like we're professionals we know what we're doing you know it's like, well who's in it well i'm in it like you know like, who, who did you expect like <laughs> I'll give you fun. I'll give you a funny example. Here, I gotta say that's one thing that's great about Joe's conventions because he really brings in like original artists. So like it's not like some of the cons where you see like ten million Spider-Man prints, you know, <laughs> and ten million Marvel prints and ten million, you know, Walking Dead prints. He brings in and really showcases original art artists. It's a real credit to him because it's. I appreciate it's a great that. Thing that he does. It's it's really hard to tell people no. Like it's it's been something that I've had to learn for the past two or three years. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like you know, you work's great, but right now you're just really not ready for the main floor. Like, can I interest you in maybe the artist alley or the small business table? And it's not so much the quality of the work; it's just that they're not really ready to spend the money that they they're never going to make the money back. You know, and I know it's more than money. But it's just like, no, right now you need to spend a little bit less, figure out your kinks, figure out what's going to work. Not your kink kinks, but you know, <laughs> the kinks that are going to be mean, in loading in your booth and stuff like that. And like the, you could just tell by looking at their setup, like the, I, the level I'm trying to curate on the main floor 
it's not so much like inclusive type of type or exclusive as well, but it's more of a professional look. I want people to almost be overwhelmed when they walk in there and it's a clean show and everybody has tablecloths and it's just a professional look and they understand like they're, you know, we're spending a little extra because these people really work and we're putting heart and soul in it. And I feel like by putting these, these little less lesser known names, more of the cult following people having the independent, you know, horror convention that George, George is doing and having more aspects that are not come get, stand in a line and get an autograph are attracting people that live horror every day. They're not like, Oh, I know Freddie. I'm going to go see Freddie and I'm going to buy something that has something to do with Freddie. And I'm going to go get, have Freddie sign it. And then I'm going to go buy a pop and I'm going to leave, you know, um, I want the people that live horror every day that, you know, they want to find new writers. They want to have new experiences. They've already seen Robert England a thousand times. They don't care. You know, they, they want to find and talk to new creators and new projects and new fun things. And of course we want everybody to come that loves horror, but we're really trying to bring in that independent folk. There's tons of autograph shows and I don't, I promised all my vendors I'll never be that, you know, we're going to be a show that focuses on our stuff. And, um, Stop me if I'm rambling, but actually pretty excited because we just got news from the hotel's going to let us go as long as we want at night. So we're going to start nice. with like an after dark type thing and having more screenings, more like an it's like an open mic for films type of thing, you know, uh, more of an adult feel kind of like the vendor hall's not going to be the main attraction. It's going to shut down. People are going to be able to come back, do all sorts of fun, you know, things, projects and just have more of a you're not here to buy things now. Let's, you know, celebrate our, our thing. Have fun all night. Stay in the hotel. Come back, make friends, family, and, you know, be excited to see each other the next year. But I'm pretty yeah, excited about that. So it's going to be able to get a lot more people to get their stuff out. We'll have a lot more showcasing platforms for everybody. And yeah. I think that's the way it should be. Um, before we get on to the next thing, Mike, I know you need to head out. Uh, thank you for uh, stopping by and uh, taking the time. Uh, we will definitely uh, we're going to have to have you on the main show because we got to talk about some Lovecraft stuff coming up and uh, I yes. know that's that's your wheelhouse oh yeah and yeah so before I leave um, we did a, the first ever dream cycle adaptation of a Lovecraft story as far as we're aware it's Celepheus it's playing at Mass Independent um, on the 15th in the horror block um, at noon we're going to have as many screenings locally as we can. Joe will definitely submit or try to get a booth or whatever at your festival. I want to talk to all of you guys separately. You sound amazing. Um, and yeah, this is, we got some big surprises coming with this film. It's going to be big for us. PJ worked on it. He knows he's been keeping them quiet for almost a year. Uh, we filmed it all locally in places where Lovecraft wrote, lived, filmed in Gloucester, filmed the Blackstone River. All practical, all miniatures, visual effects. I got covered with ants one day. <laughs> he got covered with many ants. Um, it was wild. So, and it's pretty much dedicated to everybody who lives and works in New England. Like you, you'll get That's it when you see it. We all know what it feels like to live here and love horror here and everything. And it's like, it's so. Anyway, I gotta go, but it's great to be on this. Great to just start to meet the rest of you guys. I'll definitely Excellent. be in touch and. Uh, Very cool. PJ, you're the best, man. Congrats, you know, and uh, I'll be seeing you soon. Bye, everybody. Nice meeting you. See you later, Mike.
Yeah, the one of the things, and I, I was kind of hoping he'd say it on this show, because like we're waiting to announce somebody that's in Celepheus, and we haven't been able to say it, but like, oh, as soon as Joe let me watch the movie. Oh, so you I, know? I know? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> Very so, cool. I mean, Very everyone cool. will know in a month when it when it uh, when it premieres at uh, Mass Independent, which is going to be awesome. But yeah, yeah, I I got covered with ants on one scene. Yes, I must have yes, just started something like my whole arm was just covered with ants, and they were all biting me. But you know what? We got the scene, dude. It was <laughs> horrifying to watch, but it w- at the same time, like I love you like a brother, so at, I, I like watching you suffer. It was fun, <laughs> so, but it was great. It was great. It was, it was fantastic. I'm, I'm so awesome. happy for Joe, and I'm so glad I got to meet Mike. I I wish I could have picked his brain a little bit more about it, but I didn't want to. There'll be there'll because be opportunities. Of, yeah, because of things in the movie, I didn't want to say much because of the things that i didn't know what you guys were revealed or not so oh no you can you can always send those <laughs> those to me because i'm i'm now that you've seen it i'm authorized to to talk about yeah know, stuff no. with you joe, joe joe slipped me the uh the, the password uh last week and i i gave it a watch really good yeah. really stoked for you pj stoked for you thank you so good but what i was gonna say before the mic thing i was gonna say as far as regards to monster expo we were at Monster Expo the first year yep. for as vendors. And then I went back last year as a speaker. The single feat, Joe, that I will say, because we do shows all over New England, all over this entire fucking region. We yep. go to cons nonstop. What you've been able to do without pulling in Robert England or Kane Hodder or, or all the common names you expect to see at a horror con the sheer volume of people just coming out to support horror it's so cool dude appreciate that i know like con weekends are nuts we never actually get to sit down and talk about this stuff but i've been wildly impressed and like you can ask pj i've been doing this for a really long time and i've gone to a lot of conventions and what you guys do is genuinely unique i appreciate that's really what i'm trying to do like i've like you said, I, I don't think I've been doing doing conventions since 2017, so not a whole heck of a long time, but long enough to get really tired of like the larger conventions that are just taking the vendors' money, spending all the money advertising celebrities, building the show on our backs, and not focusing. Like, if we're gonna have a horror con, how can you have a horror con and just invite horror guests, but have all your same comic con people there? It's just yeah. a comic con with horror guests. That's not a horror con. You don't even have independent film tables. Like, you know, like I've, I've, I've been saying this for years, especially in regards that, you know, they're not curated as mm-hmm. well as what no, you can just, you can sign on. You just go online and grab a booth. You know, you're going to get tons of Etsy people, MLMs, all the, uh, you know, people that <laughs> really don't belong at the show. And that's, that's, what's been difficult at first. The first couple of shows we curated, message by message we talked to everybody we went on there and it was really time consuming but like you said it was important to me to find people that were not just the quality and not just different so there wasn't a you know a flood of everything but they they worked it you know they they were on social media every day they were doing shows they were handing out flyers they 
they were trying to grow their business just as much as I was trying to grow Monster Expo. You know, those were the people we wanted to work with. And I'm just amazed at how I can just point people to their booths and then that's it. They just set up and they do it and they do it so well. And then I go shows over and they pack up and they leave and like in two hours, the place is empty. I'm like, these are just professionals. Like everybody's getting along. Everybody's working together and helping each other. And it's just, I couldn't be happier with the group of people that we work with. And I really think that that's why it's growing and that that's why we're able to, you know, get people through the door. Plus I don't charge 40, 50 bucks a ticket. <laughs> I'm sure that's helping as well. You that know? That's another big thing, man. Like most cons these days, <clears throat> we did CT Horror Fest the first the first year in Monster Expo. We did CT Horror Fest. Yeah, the very first year. You guys were the same amount for a yep. table, the, the straight yep. up, dollar for dollar. The very next year, we went back to because we only had like last year we could only do a so certain amount because we've been trying mm -hmm. to make a feature film, so money. Yep. We haven't had a lot. So we decided as a group, like, okay, we're going to do this, 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 this. So we go back to get another table at CT Horror Fest. It's three times as much. Who can afford that? No. Especially now. Especially, Especially now. Everybody's trying to build back. back. Yeah. You're never going to make that back. Yep. Not, not realistically. And that, that's what I mean. They, you know, that that money's going to bring in celebrities most likely. And then you take a look at that and that's who the show's about. Cause then that's going to bring people through the door to get tickets and not to, not to cast shade on any show. That's a, that's a, you know, a platform that's worked for us for years, but I just, I remember the older sci-fi shows before I came back to do comic cons. Like, you know, I was found at a craft show and they said, come do a comic con. I still thought it was a bunch of guys in a basement with books. I was like, why am I going to sell, my horror sculptures or my monster sculptures at a comic-con like who would buy that you know last one i went to i think was boston back bay when it was still in the armory yeah so when i saw that and realized it was a pop culture convention you know i thought, I thought it was great and mm -hmm. then uh you know just being able to come in and find this community of people and be able to work with all these you know people and inspire each other because that's really what it did to me like it just made me up my game it made me want to you know um work more and open up more and create more and just be open to different mediums and just see all the stuff that people was doing it was just so overwhelming you know i was wasn't used to seeing so many creators in one room i guess and finally finding my people and it's just it grew really fast and i've been really grateful for it yeah i've, I've found that it's <clears throat> you know i've been to a bunch of different conventions and you know i've been to some that you know are now defunct which is you know you know, in the case of Rock and Chuck, very, very upsetting. Um, you know, we went to Scaricon the first year that, you know, they were doing their podcast awards and, you know, uh, we were lucky enough to win an award. And it's like, oh, this is the first one. It's like, all right, now we got to really step up our game and we're going to go back yeah. and we're going to defend yep. it and win again next yep. year. And Scaricon doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> you know, cool. and there have been a bunch that, um, like there was supposed to be one in Mystic, Connecticut, and they took everybody's money and then and that happened again in new hampshire with like the same name it wicked wasn't the same something it wasn't the same people but it was wicked killer in new hampshire and wicked something in connecticut as well but they weren't the same people but it's just just stay away from that wicked name <laughs> yeah because when i when i uh i was like 
man, like we're supposed to have a booth and like, I'm going to be doing a reading and like, I'm going to be on a panel. Like I, like I have a ton of this stuff. I'm like, I got to get a room. And I call the hotel. They're like, we don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, you're like the ninth person to call this week. And like, we don't is have this, anything. Uh, booked is up. this New Hampshire or? This was Connecticut. Connecticut. And yeah. they're like, yeah, well, I don't know what for me, but same deal. I had a lot of friends get burned by New Hampshire. That was really upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Same with Connecticut. Like as soon as I found this out, I was like, I, I let, you know, the, the podcast network know. I was like, listen, folks, like this is what they just told me. I just got off the phone with them. Like, I know that like there's a dozen of us that are supposed to be there. And, and I mean, unless, unless people organize and really get together, that people will always get away with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you really got to get everybody together to, to get something done about it. And it's just never going to happen. So I just yeah, feel I think- like promoters know they can just do that. It's I, insane. I knew something wasn't on the level with that when I'm getting an email being asked to speak on um, a filmmaker panel up there. And I'm seeing the guest list and it's like crazy. It's like Daniel Harris, Kane Hodder, Skeet Ulrich, and like whoever yeah. else they threw up they there. They tied and up I'm a bunch like- of people. Like they tied up a bunch of people for October that really needed to, you know, have a gig. And I'm just like, why the fuck are you asking me to speak when you're bringing guests like that? Dude, I'm not that cool. Like, <laughs> I just, it doesn't make any sense. It didn't line up. So yeah, like, I didn't book thing. anything, thank God, because I didn't spend any money. But yeah. I know some people that got took for a lot for, for that, Colin. It was bad. Yeah, I, I had random people that I never talked to before that were working with uh, some of the celebrities just start asking me you know, do you know this person at all? Because we just had horror conventions in the same New England area. And I just, after a while, I was just saying, you're not the first person to ask. So I'd, I'd look into this, you know, but uh, it definitely started unfolding quickly. And then it was because the celebrities were, t- I guess, Daniel Harris was was seen at Silver Screen by quite a few people and said she had no idea what the show was. And that's really what started it snowballing. And then I had a lot of vendors reaching out to me and a few agents and then all of a sudden the guy gets COVID, you know, it's like, you could kind of see it coming. And then he's like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sick. So the show is canceled. And then Convenient. The same celebrities are going to be there in four weeks. So I'm like, you can't just rebook celebrities four weeks down the road. They have yeah. monster mania was going on that weekend. Like they wouldn't do it. There. tons of people were there. It's just not a possible. And of course he just disappeared and never came back. Now, Sam, have you ever had uh, an experience like that? Like, you know, when you get booked for something and you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. I got my hotel room. I got my airfare. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Hey, what the hell happened? Just COVID. I've been lucky in that respect. I haven't had anything like that come up. Which is good. How about you, Justin? You ever had, you know, something like that where you're like, you know, maybe it's a smaller con where you're like, you know, part of like the independent film film thing trying to get something out there and they just like oh yeah sorry uh, it's not happening anymore uh not in filmmaking but when i was uh still a professional wrestler uh i would run into things like that all the time a lot of sketchy promoters promising things that they really had no place promising and i don't think they understood that the you know the the industry was small enough that we knew one another you know, I mean, like Coco Beware, for example, might seem like a random name. We got to know each other very well, you know, backstage. And then I hear that he's going to be doing this, this, you know, signing. And I know that at the time he was very ill and I hit him up and he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. None. None. Then there was another convention. The only one that I ever went to that um, 
I was asked to sign autographs. So I was with Al Snow, we were sharing a table. And then like, you know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Jerry Lawler, just went down the line to Ric Flair. <clears throat> um, and it was super cool. I don't know, I, I'll preface this by saying I don't know any details. So for all I know, this is just, you know, uh, hearsay or whatever. But I guess Batista was supposed to sign as a wrestler at that convention, which might not seem like a big deal, but when you meet Dave Batista, the actor, and then Batista, the wrestler, two different characters. Mm. And, you know, even if he's acting the same, it's to the wrestling fan, it's a much bigger thing for them to meet him, you know, at a, a booth next to Ric Flair than it was at the booth he was at. So he was at the, the convention, you know, we had a great conversation and you know, it was good to see him, but he was there as Dave Batista, you know, he was there as an actor. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know about that at the time, but I bet you'd have been pissed if you found out that some promoter probably took people's money to get them to go to this convention to see Batista in the wrestling line. And instead he was in the Batista booth in the middle of where like all the voiceover actors were. And, you know, he was hard to find. That was another thing too, was the complaint that people were having was he was hard to find. But yeah, a lot of smoke and mirrors with the, the wrestling conventions. Um, it also didn't help that that wasn't a wrestling convention. That was a, just a huge galaxy con or something like that. I think it was called. Yeah. Th that see, that's, like I know that there have been cases where, you know, people have signed on for the, and for you know whatever reasons, like they're not able to to go to the con, you know, and they and that that type of thing happens, you know, it's like hey, you know, this particular person, you know, like oh, I heard you're going to be at this con. It's like yeah, well, you know, it all depends on you know my filming schedule because you know the project I'm working on might need to shoot that day, so obviously I have to honor my commitment to my film and I can't do this convention, which is really like a pain in the butt when you hear that. I mean, I understand how it goes, but it's like, you got to buy the ticket and you just got to cross your fingers and hope that the filming schedule doesn't come up. Well, or I was actually, I, or screwed insurance. I was a pain in the ass for you, Joe, with this past monster expo. I wanted to have a table there for uh rest of my pictures. And it was the same thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I even sent the deposit. And then I got put, uh, booked in New York. And I, I had remember to, that. Yep. Had to be yeah, a we weren't that. Being, that's not a pain in the ass. That just Well, happened. I know. But to me, I mean, when, like, I have to, when you have to yeah. put out the money and buy the flight because you don't want to wait to two weeks before the, the show because right. it's going to be five times as much. Right. And they tell at least they're cool enough to say, hey, you know, I, I could be filming. So you might want to buy the insurance. So you might want to wait on the flight. Like Tyler said, he might be doing a project and it's like, you know, Tyler's a big dude. He had to fly first class. That's not a cheap ticket. So it's like, especially when I don't have a huge budget to bring in a lot of guests. Right. You know, so it's kind of like, it's it's a gamble with the filming schedules, but sorry to interrupt, but that's definitely, uh, definitely a thing with like PJ was saying, like, you don't know. It's a legit reason why they cancel a lot of shows because they don't know when they're going to be filming. It could just happen. Yeah, and certain shows can can withstand that. You know, some some uh, a show like say, you know, Rhode Island Comic Con. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna have Carrie Fisher, and then it's like, no, Carrie's not feeling well. She's not coming. Or you know, yeah. they still have enough. But if it's like, this is what we're doing. You know, we're we're gonna be doing you know, Terrifier Con, and like we have the cast exactly. of Terrifier, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, uh, everyone will be there except for David Howard Thornton and <laughs> Damian Leone. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, that one can't absorb that. Yeah. 
So I know we, uh, you know, I said we'd go till probably around seven, but you know, I think we've uh, we've covered pretty much everything that I wanted to cover for you folks. So before we go, um, I want to go around the horn and just kind of, you know, have you tell folks where they can find you, where they can find your projects, and uh, you know, offline, send me all the links. Like I know Justin, you already have uh, James. I have all your stuff, anyways. Uh, Sam, whatever specific links you want to send me that will maximize your uh, exposure, let me know. Send those to me, and I'll put those in the show notes in the description for when this uh, drops on uh, Tuesday um, as a normal podcast. Um, let me know. Uh, but we're going to go around the horn. Um, everybody's got a J name except for Sam, so I'm going to start with Sam. Uh, so Sam, where can folks find your work and where, uh, where do you like folks following you on social media? Um, well, I've got a, uh, probably on social media, the primary face to follow me would be Facebook. I'm most active on that. Um, my books are available on Amazon. They're available through Barnes and Noble. So, um, and, and pretty much anywhere you buy books, you can get my books. So, uh, um, you know, just check them out and, uh, Hopefully, you know, people want to pick them up. And important thing, whenever you're buying a book or a movie or something like that, leave a review. More reviews. That, that is huge. My my editor constantly hounds me to get people to uh, leave reviews. So, yes. Yeah, the more reviews you get on your work, the more visible it becomes when people search for whatever they're they happen to be looking for right especially good ones <laughs> yes <laughs> if you hate my book don't leave a review yeah. no one stars please yeah you always get those reviews like oh i don't really like anything how i had a review like that it was like one star it's like i don't like horror or halloween it's like, <laughs> well, there, there was a woman who thought my books were actually for children and she said oh my god isn't there enough horrible stuff out there now there's this for kids <laughs> <laughs> like look at the title yeah like uh, but uh yeah so uh justin you're uh, you're up next um i think instagram's probably the easiest ones justin makes movies um and then rust atlanta pictures or rust atlanta pictures llc uh on instagram as well not big on facebook i have it but i i don't like it <laughs> I, I fucking hate I'm, I'm over it yeah I, I don't i don't blame you uh joe uh best way to find us is just search monster expo with uh the new england accent m-o-n-s-t-a-h-x-p-o if you search that on facebook instagram you google it take you to the website easiest way to find us and we're actually at the uh, rainham flea market every sunday too you can come by there and pick up Sam's books. We got all of them there and they're selling like crazy. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, we just sold three today. Wow, <laughs> we sell them every weekend. I'm almost so we'll bring more for Monster Expo because I'll take more. Yeah, we didn't mention that, PJ. Joe very kindly brings my books to the flea markets. And, and the uh, shows. If, if Sam's not at a show, I'm bringing the books because there's not a show or a weekend goes by where we don't sell one. They're great books, they're easy sell. People love them. And they yeah, so and people stop in their tracks because they see it and they think they're just looking at you know one of the books and they're like, wait, does that say beer? Or does that say bong? You know, mm -hmm. and they're just like, I love it, you know. 
and then I got to shoo some of them off. Like, come on, you got to buy it. This isn't a library. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, right. Well, you know, what's funny is I get a lot of people like when I do conventions in Massachusetts and Rhode Island who say, oh, I already bought these. I got these at a flea market. I, you know, and like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they sell there. Like I said, they sell themselves. We even got, we got a nice little rack that like has every single one in it. People just grab them up, especially Christmas time. Yeah, these are these are a good good uh, good gift for any occasion. Yeah. Uh, James, me, ye. Uh, I guess the best way to get in touch with what we're doing is it came from the Five Weight Productions on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I think that's it, but it's all it came from the Five Weight Productions. No matter where you look, it that's the name. Um, it came from the 508.com if you want to buy our movies, which helps me fund our current feature-length vampire film that we are trying to keep going. Um, make sure you go check out Beneath the Red Umbrella in May. It will be wherever you stream podcasts. Scare the shit out of yourself. It'll be fun. And while you're at it, watch Black Vulture by Justin Sullum and read How Much Do You Tip Your Exorcist by PJ Rahal. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the plug i appreciate it um so i think with that being said uh, i want to thank all of you for joining i want to thank everybody who's no longer on the stream who joined um this was great this was a a, a fun way to spend my 50th episode of this podcast um so i really appreciate you guys all jumping in i appreciate all the work that you do and i'm huge fans of everyone that uh has been on the show today um i love working with you i love you know, seeing what you produce. Um, it's an honor to have you guys all join me today. Uh, it means a lot. And I really appreciate you all. So I appreciate um, you too, PJ. Congratulations <laughs> on 50 shows, man. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, going to end this. Uh, I'm just going to ask you guys to hang around for a minute afterwards, just so all the audio gets recorded and then I can let you go after that. So uh, thank you, everyone, and uh, we will see you next time.